it's Matthew. Hello, it's Claire. Welcome back to Spolotay Podcast and our third episode in this season two. This episode we will be looking at what muscular dystrophy is. Muscular dystrophy is a disease which affects the muscles. It doesn't affect your mental abilities. It just affects maybe the way that you walk. It weakens your muscles to the point where you can't walk anymore. There's different types of muscular dystrophy that affect different people. To tell us more about muscular dystrophy, we've got our guest, Connor. They tell us more about muscular dystrophy. Hi, it's Cashlyn here. And Hannah. Today we're interviewing Connor Smith. How are you, Connor? Hi, grand, grand. What the heck am I? Not much. So tell us a bit about yourself, Connor. Okay, um, I'm 29. I'm from Derry and I have a degree in social work. I like to drive and watch football and go to movie. What is muscular dystrophy? Um, that's the condition I have, and there are a whole bunch of types of muscular dystrophy. So you have Duchenne and congenital and Becker, um, and it's a condition that wastes the weight your muscle. It can be over time, it can be short term, or it can be long lasting. It just depends what type you have. So muscular dystrophy is a muscle wasting condition that only affects the body. It can affect your spine and your lungs and your ability to build muscle, but it doesn't really affect your cognitive ability. I mean, you can go to mainstream school, um, university, get master, do degree, whatever you want, work um, mentally and socially, nothing can affect it, it's only really your body. When were you diagnosed with muscular dystrophy? Um, when I was born, I went to the doctor when I was around six months old and they did what they call a muscle biopsy. So they take a wee bit of muscle out of your body. And they kind of do a place in Birmingham and they put it through a bunch of tests and they come back and tell you exactly what type you have. So it was about six months to a year old I got diagnosed. How did your family react with this diagnosis? Um, I think both. I was only a baby, so I don't overly remember, but I think it was hard at the start because I was number four out of five. So I think one in five boys would have got my condition from my mother just genetically. Kawhi was number four. Kawhi was the one who got it just by chance. But um, I, I think it was different. My parents are they're kind of used to it. But um, we just lived a normal life. I had four brothers. I have one younger. So nothing changed too much. We still had holidays and still went to school and all the usual stuff, you know. Um, probably tough at times, but I think they didn't mind too much. See, with muscular dystrophy, is it one of those where, like, a parent or both parents have like a defective gene that causes it like it could be with some other things or is it just yeah well I think from for my particular it can only be part cap it can only be passed on from one of the mother chromosomes onto the onto a boy so a girl can't get a boy can get it um and I think I worked out that only one in one million people have my condition so um, in the UK, there's 56 million people, so there's only like 56 people in my condition. Um, so lots of people have muscular dystrophy, but they're all categorised by different names. Um, I don't know how else, how, what, it's kind of like autism and Asperger's, you know, there's different versions of autism. Um, kind of like that, I guess. How has it affected your life? Has it stopped you from doing anything? Not really. You just have to do things different. I mean, for people around your age, you're probably starting to learn to drive and stuff like that, or maybe in the future. Whereas when I was 17, I applied to drive and it took me four years to get my license because 
you have to fill in medical paperwork and have to apply for a special car. Um, if you want to travel, you have to get a special chair to get on the plane. From, you have to organize these things a wee bit ahead of time, but normally you can do more think. It just takes a bit of work and a bit more effort. Do people ever make assumptions about you when they see you in a wheelchair or anything? Yeah, I mean, I think some people tend to, kind of older people or maybe young people who are very young and don't know any better. Um, but, you know, you have to teach people and show them that you can do things. And it's not always a negative. Sometimes people think that they have to be extra nice to you or wrap you up in cotton wool or, you know, hold up in doors and stuff that's really silly. But there's other times that people think that you're maybe not as disabled as other people think and there's good and bad discrimination. So, um, yeah, not too bad. I mean, you just have to live your own life and people are going to make their assumptions. So you just have to do what you want to do and let them and try and teach people that maybe they're wrong or why they're wrong if that's the case. Has being in a wheelchair affected your mental health? Um, not overly for me, but because I have a disability my whole life, it's, my life has never changed at that extent. So, I mean... It might be different for somebody that doesn't have until they're a wee bit older or doesn't realise until they're maybe a teenager. And then it would be like you waking up one day and finding out your life's totally different um, and that you might need a wheelchair or you might need a ramp under your house or you might need help in the morning or whatever it might be. So it could be hard for people like that. But for people like me who have it their whole life, it's just like anybody else waking up. It's a normal day for me. Um, was your education ever compromised? Yeah. Because the fact you've mastered the dystrophy, like at any point during the week? I don't think so. I mean, I went to secondary school. I went to the college. I got nine GKSE free level. And then I went to McGee and got my first degree. And then I went to Queen's. Um, and then I went back to McGee and got my social work degree. So, um, it's probably been tougher because... Um, my current degree, we had to work full time during it in during COVID in a hospital. Um, so I was working in Waterside Hospital, and I was working in an autism team for the last two years while trying to protect myself because I'm vulnerable. So maybe that was hard, but apart from that, everything else is straightforward. It's got more education than a lot of people that don't have disabilities or anything, which I think is very like admirable. Well, I wanted to be a youth worker um so i have a level one two and three in youth work um i used to be the youth worker in a over in the water side called call youth club um and then i used to be a youth worker in the cedar foundation but because it's a lot of running around and stuff like that i wanted to be a social worker so i could use my mind a little bit more than just doing all the running i wanted to do the paperwork stuff as well and being in school with this disability, were you treated any differently by students or teachers? Um, not too much. I mean, some teachers were a bit nicer. You know, if you were having a rough day, they maybe wouldn't give you much homework until the following day and then you would catch up. Or, um, I mean, you wouldn't be invited to play football too often, but apart from that, it wasn't too bad. How did you receive support in school and maybe when you're working now? Um, so when I was at school, I had like a classroom assistant who would take me to all the classes just to get me through the corridor and stuff. But um, outside, I got a bit of help. I got special driving instructors because I drive my car with no pedal. I only use my hands. Um, and then like I get, like I go to some Paralympic sports and stuff where so I get help with that. Um, 
but realistically, I do more think independently. Um, you know, I've traveled to America. I work independently. I drive. So. That's amazing that you're 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 not letting it change the way you live your life. You're you know, you're just living your life with a disability instead of living a disability. I think that's really good. Yeah, I think that's what you have to do with your life. I mean, it's probably the same for anybody. You know, you're if you want to look at it, you could be a minority based on your skin color, your religion, your gender, your disability. You just have to get on with life and overcome them barriers and not let people put you down. What things have you achieved that you're proud of? Um, so I went to Belfast when I was at Queen. I've done four years at Camp America while so working in Iowa for a summer and I worked in California for free summer. Um, I've been to about 15 states in America. Um, I've learned to drive independently. I've traveled to Germany and Spain and most of Europe by myself. Um, and yeah, I've, I've had a lot of fun. So have you met any celebrities in your time at, in America or anywhere, really? Um, I've met David Beckham, Conor McGregor, Niall Horan, um, Gordon Ramsay. James Corden, people like that. The real question is, did Gordon Ramsay call you an idiot sandwich? Or did he leave that part out? Wait, told me to pass that on to Roma. Oh, uh, yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> and did, did, did you succeed in that passing of the message? Yeah, she Just knows. there now. And was that at there now? That was at there now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Enjoy that. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Connor. Um, I know personally I've learned a lot about how this disability, you haven't let it affect your life. And I think it, this can encourage other people with this to maybe not let it affect their lives as well. I found no. it very ed- educational speaking to you because I didn't have a clue what Mr. Disability was before I started speaking to you. Happy day. Great girl, thank you for having yeah. me. Of course, thank you for coming and speaking and sharing your, your point of view. Thanks, Connor, for the interview. I really learned a lot from it. Right, next up, we've got our Just for Laugh section, and tonight we'll be doing Guess the Chin on Kazoo's. Welcome, folks, to Just for Laughs. I am your host, Reese, joined by Jess, Emmett, and Aaron. Yeah. And tonight on Just for Laughs, we're going to be playing Name That Song with the Kazoos. There's two teams, Emmett and Jess, and the one in team, me and Aaron, obviously. That's not going to happen. The rules of the game are pretty simple. We play a chin on the kazoo, and if they're able to guess it, they get a point, and vice versa. And me and Aaron are going to go up first and give our best attempt at playing Whatever song we use. It's gonna be horrible. Oh, I know us. Mr. Brightside. They got the point. Because we are kazoo connoisseurs and we know we know our way around the kazoo. You do so know that us getting the point means we won, Reese. Yeah, but the only reason you got the point is because we're so good at playing the kazoo. Jess and Emmett here, it is our team now up next. Do you want me to do it? L. 
I. Wait. E home. E home. Sweet Caroline. <laughs> Neil Diamond. You're correct. Aaron and Reese up here, and this is a song I know pretty well. Yeah, same. I don't know what it's called. Yes, and we're going next. <laughs> it's about damn time by Lizzie. <laughs> Arn, you are correct. Oh, I know. I this know. this may sound rumour of me, <laughs> but who is Lizzo? Lizzo! Lizzo, she's a Queen Lizzie's artist. Doppelganger. So, for all our users listening at home, the score so far is 2-1. Them ones are getting absolutely smoked. Me and Reese will take the stand again. And we're going to skip to the chorus this time. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> I'm not it? proud of it. You got it right. So we're still going to lose though. It's Emma and Jess back again. Mm. I can't <laughs> hey. Right, you ready? Do you want me to? Aye. <laughs> Never gonna <laughs> give you up by Rick Astley. Yeah. What I use this? You've got it right. Uh, Reese and Aaron are here, aka the Chicken Little Squad, are, and uh, we're going to perform next. Little what of a man's oh. moose, a moose, when you right, you ready? <laughs> right. You got the point reluctantly. Yeah, now back to Emmett and Jess. You ready? That's all it'll be. That's just never gonna Yeah, that's just never gonna give you up again. Okay, just redo it. The initials. Is that no? Nope. Do you want me to do it again? Play it better. Do the course. Do the course. That says the course. Do the start then. I don't. 
I only know a part because it's on TikTok. It's a TikTok. It's t- you It's from that. Stranger Things too. Oh, it's uh, on up the hill or something. So, you didn't get the point. The song was in fact running up that hill by Kate Bush. That leaves it all tied up with three points each. So Reese and Aaron up next. And Aaron is going to lead. The song is Toto Africa. See, the thing is, I knew the song. I did not know it had lyrics. That like I know the dun 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 dun, dun and that's about Lad, it. I know uh, I know what. <coughs> Jess and Emma back again. <laughs> with me and Aaron with four which means if Jess and Emmett do not get a point this round or we get a point this round they lose as a little treat if we win this I'll beatbox to the theme of uh, Coronation Street hello this is Reese and Aaron here Uh, we're about to play correction you're about to play because I don't know this one Oh, we got a point, but they're probably going to get ours. They have got a point, meaning it is all tied up. But if we get this right, that means we are certified bosses and no one can touch us in this game. Let's go. I am. Jess and Emmett's back here and we are going to come on with a one. Right. You physically killed one. I will give you my EastEnders beatbox.
Right, Where did you do that? You just sat there. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Just for Laughs. And Aaron, that was quite hot. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Word of the Week. Actually, this week, it's a f- not actually a word. It's a phrase. Catch yourself on. You can use this phrase when your friend is acting a spoon. You go, you turn around and say to them, catch yourself on. When your friend's acting a yak, you turn around to them and say, catch yourself on. Thank you for listening. The word of the week. Thank you so much for listening, Andy. Spell the day. Catch you soon. Bye.